So today is, uh, is one of my favorite topics. It's the whole area of community. And community is not just a good idea. Community is at the very foundation of a person's growth, a person's vitality, a person's legacy. So today, we're talking about community. Hi, this is Eric Hurd, and my podcast is called Relationships by the Book. So why that title? Well, I lived 18 years of my life apart from God, apart from His Word. And my family was one of the most dysfunctional families to grow up in, and we didn't understand relationships. And when I came to know Christ, it absolutely transformed me from the inside out. And I began to understand God's wisdom because I dug into His Word and I saw how much He had to say about relationships. I've been a pastor now for over 45 years. and. So this podcast is really an accumulation of the wisdom God's given me in relationships that I want to share with you. And we're back. Yes, we are. Michael, I've missed you, buddy. I've been gone, you know, in Italy and Greece. Italy and Greece, Mike. I'm jealous. Uh, Well, you should be because we had 24 travelers who really didn't know each other before the trip. And I was going, well, God, how is this group of people going to come together? We were doing a Footsteps of Paul uh, trip. So we went into Greece. We went to some of the great places that Paul planted churches. We were in Athens. We were in Berea. We were in Thessaloniki. We were in you know, uh, Corinth. And it was just astounding. And then we went up into Rome, Italy. That's where Peter and Paul were arrested. We, got the, we went to the maritime prison. Uh, ultimately, it's where they were martyred. And it was just an incredible trip. But the thing that stood out, Michael, was how this group came together. We became family. And it was a beautiful thing. That doesn't always happen. Unbelievable. That sounds like a trip of a lifetime. So let me ask you this, because you called it the... The footsteps of Paul. What what is Paul mostly known for? Yeah, Paul was he was uh, you know one of the apostles. Although he didn't uh, minister in the times that Jesus was ministering, Jesus came to him on the road to Damascus, and he was a persecutor of the church. He was an incredible leader, a Pharisee of Pharisees, and Jesus said. Paul, why are you persecuting my people? And he called him out. And Paul became one of the greatest evangelists and church planners the church has ever known. And, you know, Jesus, when he was talking about his church, he said, you know, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And then in Acts, you you read that he said, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Well, Paul took that literally because the uttermost parts of the earth was north. That was into Europe. Paul single-handedly with a group of other leaders planted churches all over Europe. And apart from the work he did, it would have never come across the Atlantic to America. And so we're indebted to Paul for what he did. Wow, what a faithful servant. Oh my gosh. You you read about him. I mean, he wrote 13 of the epistles. The guy is awesome. When I get to heaven... Man, I got to meet this guy. He Sit is... down and do a podcast with him. Oh, my gosh. He, <laughs> if I get the Apostle Paul on my podcast, I think we'll get a few hundred more people. Just a few hundred. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but he is literally, to me, the John Wayne of the New Testament. When you read what he went through for the gospel, oh, my gosh. He was a cowboy. Oh, well, not really a cowboy. Well, he was a tent maker. A tent maker. But yeah. Like, um, he had grit. Oh, 
Okay, that's a great way to describe it. Toughest guy you know. The list of what he went through, I mean, he was shipwrecked, adrift at sea. You know, he was beaten with rods. He was stoned, not as in marijuana. He was, he was scourged three times. Mm. Jesus was scourged once. And if you've ever watched The Passion of the Christ, that scourging, I couldn't even watch it. Paul was scourged three times. I mean, this guy, what he went through for the gospel, unbelievable. Toughest man. Unparalleled. Uh, that's another great way to put it. So you've said before that these, because you've done a, a number of these Bible type trips, Israel, yeah. Greece, yeah. Italy, you said that the Bible goes from black and white to being in color, right? Oh. Wasn't that something yeah, you said? Exactly. Did, did you get that same experience? Oh gosh. You know, when you go to the places, these things happen, people go, oh my gosh, this stuff really happened. Oh my, you know, like, like the opportunity to maybe baptize people. You know, the first convert in Europe was, was Lydia. She was a, 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 a God fearing woman, but didn't know Jesus. The apostle Paul visits her proclaims the gospel her and others came to jesus mm. and he baptized her and to take people where lydia was baptized they just get blown away oh, to yeah. go to philippi and to see the ruins to see where paul in the agora or the marketplace he was beaten he and silas were beaten with rods and you're right there and you see the you know uh, the road that they crossed and then went to prison and 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 all of a sudden you're going Oh my goodness! These things I've only read about are actual, and uh, and so it really blows people away. Wow, that's sweet. And, and I love to see those aha moments. But really, the emphasis I'm making here is that if you go by yourself, it's like, oh, that's cool. Oh, that's nice. But when you go with a group, and everybody has a different reaction. Everybody has a different response to what they're seeing, you know, and, and we oftentimes ask the famous words that, you know, Mr. Rogers asked when, you know, he was talking to children, what did you see? What did you learn? Mm -hmm. And and to have people feedback and encourage each other, it's just powerful, but it's in community that we do it. All right. I'm so happy you got to go. That's uh -oh. cool. Well, I got to take you sometime. Yes. I would love to get on one of those trips. I It's Definitely been on my heart to go to Israel, so one of these let's, days. Maybe let's make it this year. I'll see. we okay. got a lot going on. <laughs> uh, yeah, we won't even go into that. <laughs> All good. So, community. Yeah. I, I, I hear the segue. Uh, do you hear it? <laughs> <laughs> kind of a common theme. Oh. It's almost like we were intentional. Yeah. No, I love that you were intentional. So, what are we talking about here today? Well, again, uh, it's it's not uh, about my passion. It's God's passion for us. And, you know, what's so beautiful is that, you know, when you think of the Godhead, you know, one of the things that, that it just, again, is hard for the human mind to grasp is that God is one, Jehovah, but he exists in three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Each one of them has mind, will, emotions. And, and so I talk to each member of the Trinity. I can talk generally to God, but even the Godhead exists in community. And when God created man, he also then created woman. And when he says that, you know, um, he said it's not good for man to be alone. Yeah, we will relate that to marriage. So he makes a woman so that they can then build a legacy and have a future and multiply. But he really puts man in community. And so Adam and Eve gave birth to Cain, to Abel, and all of a sudden the family is built. And, and, and all of a sudden you see the world multiplying. 
And so by God's very nature, because of his vast love, he needs an object of love, and that is community. So God chooses to love uh, people in community, but he creates community. Mm -hmm. So you, you think even in the Old Testament, he creates government. He creates marriage and family. You know, he creates the church, or if you will, in that Old Testament day, it would be, you know, the temple and, and the place that people would worship. But he's always looking at his people as the gathering ones. In fact, if you look at the New Testament, the word for church is the Greek word ekklesia. And the word means the gathering ones. So whether wherever Christians gather, whether in a home or, you know, in a, in a church, wherever it may be, we're the gathering ones. So it was God's idea that he places us in community. I mean, the first community you have, and you don't even realize it when you're an infant, is you're placed in a family, mm -hmm. in a family community where we're the awesome things in life happen where you, you find safety and security, you build memories. And, and, and so God places in us in a human Even just family. the concept of community, right? Because uh, we're not always, not everyone's born into that, right? Sometimes we're, we're born separated or we can become separated, right? Ooh, ooh, so you bring up something. Now you're talking about woundedness because you know I didn't come from the healthiest of families. Okay. And unfortunately, the very structures that God creates, family, government, the church, the enemy hates anything that God loves. God puts community in front of us. And as human beings, we just screw it up. Mm. And the enemy stirs it. He creates the chaos. So he hates anything that God loves. So he goes after family. He goes after the church. He goes after government. I mean, you look at those three institutions and they're constantly under spiritual yeah. assault. But honestly, human beings screw it up. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't grow up in a really healthy family and some people listening right now didn't. And, and so there's a concept that I wished I could say I came up with it and that I'm brilliant, but I didn't. Here's the concept. We are wounded in community, but we also are healed in community. So like for me, I was wounded in my community called family. Then I, I, I became a part of a church. And even though I'm a pastor, I'm a part of a church. I'm a family member. And man, I have been so healed in that community mm -hmm. through the people that God has placed in my life. And, and so it's this beautiful gathering ones that we find meaning and purpose and vitality and hope and all of that. So we're going to be talking about the importance of community. I love that. So something that comes to mind, and I want to see if this ties into what you're getting at, is um, when we go to church because we, we're seeking to be healed, right? Yes. We, we show up because we, we're in need. Sometimes I've seen the the healing that is most transformational or most profound is when you actually, even though you need healing, you show up to volunteer or serve or or work towards healing others. Yeah, like I mean, you're talking about how how blessed you've been by the church, but you're a huge blessing in the church. You're there to serve. So Ooh. isn't that it's an interesting like I don't know mirror or. Um, well, I, I'm going to use the uh, metaphor of a, a golf metaphor. You have just teed up what's really important. Okay. And that is the reciprocal nature. Mm. See, you know, there is this essential thing in our lives. God gave us a capacity for relationship. And because nobody wants to be lonely. A lot of times people isolate because they've been wounded. They've been hurt. They're resentful, bitter, whatever. 
Like when I run into people that go, I'd never go to a church. My first question is, what happened? Right. Something happened in their lives where they reject the very community that can heal, strengthen, and bring them hope. Mm. But but I want to talk about that in the church or community that God places us in, it needs to be reciprocal. Right. You know, like it, it's interesting. Um, have you ever heard, heard of the golden rule? Of course. Well, it's actually a biblical concept. It's not like something that man came up with. In fact, in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus said, So in everything, do, do to others what you would have them to do unto you. Like if I want to be loved, then I need to love. If I want to be cared for, I need to care. If I want to be prayed for, I need to pray. And so there's this reciprocal nature of community. Where communities don't work well is when people don't open up to that idea, where it's not reciprocated. I don't know if you have, have you ever had like a, a relationship where the the person sucked more out of you than ever gave to you. Mm. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting at because I've volunteered in church quite a bit. In yeah. fact, especially when I was new to the church, <laughs> you know, Crystal and I volunteered in high school ministry. Exactly. And the kids that would show up and talk about all their issues at home or at school or whatever, it was the same thing week after week, and it was draining on everybody. But the kids that showed up with issues but got involved and helped, and even as silly as putting chairs out or just getting those are the kids that would leave energized and grow and change and so like it's it really to be transformed by the church it's not just to show up at church but to get involved at church okay so again you're hitting something that is just oh like for me it just it pains me americans are consumer individuals right we we buy more goods than anybody in the world we we spend more money we overspend money we are consumer mentality and so oftentimes people will walk into a church with that mentality what's this church doing for me mm -hmm. and so like they might hear a, a service and they'll go well the pastor went a little long or that music was a little bit loud it's a consumer mentality, mm -hmm. but you hit on something. People that are involved, people that are a part of the church that are serving are way less critical because they're giving. And that's true in life altogether, like in a family. You know, if you've got a, a child, one who just, you know, uh, feels entitled, oh gosh, you could just like, you want to wring their it's neck. It's just going to keep going too until they change, right? Oh, exactly. Until they're a part of like, if they're not doing any chores, they're not a part of the family. That's not how our family acts. We're, we all have our, our responsibilities. That's what community is supposed to be about. It's a reciprocation. You know, we may not have all the same gifts and do the same thing, but we're both giving and receiving, giving and receiving. It's the reciprocal nature of what God wants. And isn't it exciting when someone finds the right place for their gifts? Because oh. it's always interesting to me because I've, I feel like I've pretty well defined what my gifts are now in life, and, but I didn't really know what they were until I just tried and it just fell into place because I showed up and was willing, right? Yeah. And like the, I'll see other people get involved, at, whether it's a church or in a family or, you know, on a group camping trip, anything, right, where you're in community and everyone's, you know, carrying some of the weight. It's like 
the the weights are all different size and shapes and you know yeah. what I'm getting at yeah there, there's a there's a value a lot of church holds to and and uh, and that is each member is a minister and that minister has a ministry so God gives everyone in the church to have some kind of ministry but again if somebody becomes a consumer they're very individualistic they don't do well in community because they're takers and so what we're going to be doing over the next number of weeks is we're going to be talking about this whole concept of community. And there's a there's a concept that I want to get across. And again, I wished I was as brilliant to have invented it, but God came up with it. And that is, it's the concept of one another, reciprocation. Like in the Bible, there's over 30 reciprocal commands in the Bible to care for one another, pray for one another, rebuke one another, be hospitable toward one another. It's the one another. Mm. I want you to do this and then also be willing to receive this. Like The you willingness may, to receive it can be hard. Oh, Lordy, for me, I love serving people, but man, I'm not always good at having people serve me. It can be awkward. Oh, come on. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm used to praying for people. And then, like, like the other day, this this guy goes, he goes, hey, thanks for praying me. I want to pray for you. And I, I just kind of went, oh, I thought you came to me for me to pray for you. But he goes, I want to pray for you. And he did, and it was powerful. And after he got done praying, I just looked at him and said, thank you. It was just so beautiful. But that's the reciprocation that God wants <laughs> in community. Because when we do these things, you know, there's, there's a unity, which is God's ultimate desire, is unity. Mm. See, like when you see the Godhead and, and you see them operate, in the whole of Scripture, you, need, you never see the Holy Spirit going, why does Jesus get all the press? Why is Easter about Him? You don't see the Father going, gosh, the Holy Spirit empowers people. You know, Each of the Godhead has their role but they do it in perfect oneness. Mm. It's like this theological dance and they, they never step on each other's feet. And see, God wants us in community to operate that way. That's why when you ask me about how the tour was, oh gosh, we learned loads. God spoke to us. God did powerful things. We saw things that were gorgeous. For the first time in my life, I saw red lightning. I didn't even know it existed. And, and so there was incredible events and memories. But what stood out to me was the community. It was the people. I came back so energized because I am an extrovert, you know, and classically extroverts are like, how would you say it? Uh, they're like Dracula. They just suck the blood out of people. <laughs> In other words, I just feed off of people. Yeah. And, uh, but honestly, it was how that community came together. They really loved on each other. They encouraged each other. They prayed for each other. They were hospitable. They were open to each other. It's just beautiful. That's so cool. I love that. Yeah. And have you ever seen somebody who just struggles in community? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. Some people have a hard time putting themselves out there. Asking, you know, how finding their way to get involved, even though they want to, they just can't see it. Or, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, and sometimes they, they're just rugged individualists. Like I, I, you know, one of the one of the persons that's hardest for me to feel compassion for is the person that says, "I don't need the church. I'm spiritual. You know, I, I love God. I know God, but I'm not going to be a part of an organized religion." 
And, and what I know immediately is they don't read the Bible. Somehow they got wounded and they've come to the conclusion that the church is not a place for them. Mm. But here's what I'll say, because I've been in the church for 48 years as a pastor. I don't go into the church naively. Like Jesus said, be innocent as a dove. In other words, be willing to be trusting of people. But he says, but be wise as a serpent. In other words, you can also get wounded from the very people you're trusting. Mm. So don't, on one hand, be cynical, but on the other hand, don't be naive. So how do you do both? You you just discernment. Just be aware. But like when I walk into the church, I don't expect perfection. Any more than if I walk into a hospital and I scream out, why are there so many unhealthy people? <laughs> Why would I do that? You would expect it. And 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 then the classic thing that I love why why a lot of people won't go to church is they'll say, oh, there's a bunch of hypocrites. And I'm not trying to be sarcastic with them. I go, and you're not? See? Yeah. I heard <laughs> well, a great line about that. Yeah, what do you thing. expect? We all try to present a better uh, vision of ourselves or view of ourselves mm-hmm. than we really are. Mm-hmm. That's just true of human beings. So I don't walk into the church with cynicism nor naivete, but I walk in going, okay, here we go. And But here's the thing. If I want to be cared for, am I going to wait for people to care for me first or am I going to care first? If I want to be prayed for, am I going to pray for people or wait for them to pray for me? And this is who's going to get it started. Community happens when you make it happen. When you model the very way God wants you, wants yeah, you to live. You have to step out. Yeah. And I, and I find the people that have the hardest time, Michael, in community are the ones that, like me, grew up and there was never really a good community in family. Family is where we get started, Right. But I, I look at your family, Michael, and how you and Crystal and how you treat the kids and, and you know, the, the, the memories you're building, the places you've gone, uh, how you talk to them, how you pray with them. You have just set them up to now I look and when they go to church, they just love being there. Yeah. Say sang on stage. How cute. Was oh, that? come on. Palm Sunday. She's singing up there. She's smiling and she's loving it. Why? It's community, and she feels safe, and so church is a very positive thing. So oftentimes, again, people's view of the church is conditioned by the family they grew up in. Yeah, well, I've told you this before. I I don't think I heard this from—I think it was from the youth pastor at the crossing back in the day, but um, he was around a lot of young children, and he always said that it seems to him that the best parenting was a healthy marriage. Oh, Oh, come on. Right. Well, you know, uh, my former pastor, uh, Chuck Swindoll, said things are better caught than taught. Parents that live out their faith in front of their kids hardly have to say a word because their kids go. They just feel good around it. Yeah. They they see. It's attractive. It is. It's literally you're wooing people into it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, on the topic of community, I, I... I love that you you do so much work with marriages, right? Yeah, and helping yeah. people to thrive in their marriages. Right. And this is so key between a husband and a wife. Yes. Like if you want to be loved, you got to love on your wife. If you want to be served, you got to serve your wife, right? It's just so simple. Well, and here's the thing. It's typically in an unhealthy marriage. We've talked about this before is that I'm blaming my spouse and not owning my own brokenness. Right. And that's why Jesus said, "Don't judge." 
First take the log out of your eye before you take the speck. One thing that I'm never prevented from doing is growing. Improving as a human being. The Holy Spirit leads me in being a healthier person. A marriage gets healthier because an individual says, I'm going to get healthier. They don't have to wait for their spouse. And here's the other thing I say to couples. Nobody's preventing you from praying for your spouse, from being kind to your spouse, from being civil to your spouse, from being hospitable. Nobody prevents you from doing that. Why aren't you doing it? Right. Because there are sins of commission where I do something that hurts the marriage, but there are sins of omission, things I don't do that I should have been doing that could have helped our marriage. Nobody but nobody stops me from doing that. I stop me from doing that. Yeah. We talked on this podcast once before about the word meek, right? Mm-hmm. That requires us to be meek, yes. doesn't it? Yes. I'm not, I'm not demanding. I'm not argumentative. Uh, I'm not selfish. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, a meek person, you know, like, like Jesus said, the meek will inherit the earth. There is a comfortability when you're meek. Because you don't have to be right. You don't have to wait for another. You don't have to be judgmental. You don't have to grumble and complain. Meek people just step into need. That's mm-hmm. it. It's no strength. expectation. And, you know, sometimes, at least in my experience, I battle with the idea of like, am I letting anyone walk on top? You know, am I, am I not strong? No, I'm, I'm strong enough to be meek, right? Like, or at least I desire to be strong enough to, to walk with meekness, which it's, it's a battle internally sometimes. Well, sure. Because you got to continue to remember who you are. See, I'm a, I'm, I'm a son of God. I am a child of God. I, I reign with him. I I'm, I'm in his family. I'm blessed. So, you know, like, like in uh, one of my favorite verses is Colossians 3.12. It says, so those chosen of God, holy, beloved, those are statements about me. I am chosen by God. Okay, stop right there. Come on. That he would choose me. What did I have to offer almighty God? And he says, I love you, Eric. So he chose me. Then his, his son, story of Easter, died on a cross he, he paid the price for me, for my sin, and he finished the work that needed to be done. And his righteousness was imputed into me so that now I'm a holy man of God. I'm chosen, I'm holy, and I'm beloved. Mm-hmm. Now, if I woke up every morning and remember, I'm chosen, I'm holy, I'm beloved, doesn't matter how people treat me. Doesn't matter if nobody steps up for me. I can constantly step up for other people. Because meek people know who they are. Right. Yeah, so to be meek in the community setting, that's a great combo. Meek ain't weak. <laughs> yeah. It's strength, baby. It's strength. It's strength. Awesome. So um, we're excited to have you back. What, <laughs> what can we expect going forward with the podcast? Well, I'll give you an idea. We're, we're going we're gonna to talk about these reciprocal concepts. And man, th- this will absolutely improve your, your friendships, it could be your, your marriage, your parenting. These are reciprocal passage that, again, it doesn't depend on how the other person reacts to you because, again, we want to be loved, but we, we also need to love. 
We want to be prayed for, but we also need to pray. So we're going to be the initiators. So we're going to learn about these reciprocal concepts that are so powerful. And man, there's just so many stories of people who have lived this out, and I see the strength of their lives. There are people that you would want in your small group, people that you would want in your friendship circle, people that live out the reciprocal uh, commands. Oh my gosh, they're magnetic. Yeah, they just draw you in. And when you see a couple dating and they have that, you're like, oh, you know, this marriage is going to be successful. Oh, right? I, I've seen it when you do like a engagement, and you're like, these guys, they're going to knock it out of the park. I've seen you light up. Oh, there was a couple on our tour, and oh my gosh, I watched them the whole tour, and you know, of course, I made them promise that I would do their wedding because I'm. <laughs> I'm constantly looking for work. You're looking for work. Looking for work. I've and, never heard you say that. <laughs> well, now you know I'm selfish. You just love marriage, though. I do, but I love the journey because my my marriage to Debbie, I we've been through the good, the bad, and the ugly. I love that woman, and you know, to me, I, I want everybody to experience the the joy of of legacy, the joy of growing, the joy of all that God had to offer. And so when I see a couple that's well-suited for each other, I go, come on, yeah. let's do the wedding. <laughs> I, I told them I'd do it in yeah, Rome. Of course it's, you and, did. You know, they said, no, 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 certain things have to happen. I said, nothing has to happen. Let's do a wedding. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure in time it'll happen. That's awesome. All right. Well, we will see you next week. Thanks oh, for listening. Can't, hey, can't we just keep going? We could keep going. No, it's uh, too long. No, I mean, honestly, uh, we're right on schedule here, Beautiful. but... I always want to leave you with this. Yeah. We welcome your comments, suggestions, mm. questions. You can reach out to us. Our email is relationshipbythebook at outlook.com. Or you can find us on social media. Just search relationship by the book. Wow. Okay. Love it, Michael. Right. Thank you. Thank you.